Would you stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Well, let's look in the book of St. John this morning. The book of St. John, chapter number 11. John chapter number 11. I'm going to read more scripture than I normally uh, do, but I just couldn't find a way to break this up. We needed to hear it all, and uh, so I'll take a moment to read it. But also then, please pay attention because you'll know the story, and I won't have to, you know, retell the story. So that will help as, as well. You know, in Bible uh, school, though, they tell the preachers to read a lot of scripture. It might be the only good thing you say. So uh, I'm going to read a lot of scripture today in case that's the only good thing we hear this morning. But I, I think God has some incredible things for us today. All right, in the book of John, chapter number 11, we're going to read, begin reading with verse number 1. The Bible says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? If any man walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the, light, in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. His disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Always one in the bunch, isn't there? Goofy, goofy. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to him, I, or to her, said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. 
When she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying she's going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. The title of the message today is Resurrecting Hope. Father, I thank you for your incredible and your infallible and your miraculous word. And God, I pray that your word will be released today, Lord, to build hope in the hopeless today. God, let your anointing break every hindrance and every bondage today. God, I pray, Lord, that your perfect will will be done in this place. And we ask all of these things in the glorious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. And you can be reseated this morning. Hope is to the soul what blood is to the body. See, for the body, life is in the blood. For the soul, hope is what keeps it alive. Without hope, a person might as well be dead. Something worse than death is trying to live without hope. I don't know this morning, but perhaps you're here today and you have allowed your hope to die. I don't know what your hope is this morning. I don't know if it was, if it was a hope for a struggling marriage to survive. I don't know, it could, it could be hope for a spouse, it could be, it could be hope for a successful career, it could, it could, be, it could be hope for a, for a fulfilling ministry. Maybe it's hope for a wandering prodigal to come home, or, or hope for a miracle cure for a disease. I, I don't know what your hope is this morning, I don't know, the, 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 the list is absolutely endless. But for whatever reason you have allowed your hope 
to die. That, that's the bad news. The good news is, the good news is dead hope can be resurrected. Dead hope can be restored to life. I believe this morning without a shadow of a doubt that there's somebody here today, somebody here today is going to experience resurrected hope. I want us to take a look into our scripture for today. And as we look into scripture today, there are three things that that I want to point out to you this morning. Three things that that I see in this passage of scripture about resurrecting hope. And the first thing that pops out to me, and the first thing that I noticed this morning, that is I noticed the source of hope. The source of hope. Verse number three, the Bible says Mary and Martha sent a message to Jesus. Who did Mary and Martha send a message to? Mary and Martha sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. I want you to notice that when Mary and Martha's brother Lazarus became critically ill, they knew who to turn to for help. Jesus was their source. What about you this morning? What about us? Let me ask you this morning, who is our source? Who do we turn to in the time of need? Let me ask you this this morning, is Jesus our go-to source or our last resort? I want to suggest three things here this morning. Three things right here. First of all, I want to suggest that Jesus is an interested source. An interested source. I want you to notice this phrase in verse number three, dear friend. Notice notice they said, Lord, your dear friend is sick. Mary and Martha knew that Jesus would be interested in the welfare of his dear friend. And he was. And I want to tell you this morning that Jesus is interested in your welfare and Jesus is interested in my welfare. Oh, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 18 and 24 that Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus is called a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, it says that Jesus sympathizes with our struggles. And Matthew 6 and 34, it says Jesus is moved with compassion toward us. So I suggest this morning that Jesus is an interested source. And it doesn't matter this morning whether your situation is big or whether it is rather small. Jesus is interested. I would would say this this morning. Jesus is interested in what you are interested in. Jesus is moved with compassion in the area that moves you. Not only is he an interested source, I would suggest that Jesus is an involved source. Involved. Now, although Jesus didn't respond immediately to Mary and Martha's cry for help, Jesus did get involved. But I want you to notice that he got involved in his way and in his time. You see, Mary and Martha, all they could see was the snapshot. The snapshot. Jesus could see the big picture. And that's what, and that's the way it is. Man, man looks through temporal eyes, but God sees everything through eternal eyes. 
Man is only interested in the here and the now. How, how is this going to affect me? How is this going to make me feel? God, on the other hand, is interested in not only the here and the now, but also in the future and even eternity. He's interested in what will have an eternal effect. Jesus is an involved source. Psalm 46 and 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in time of trouble. Talk about the source of hope. And when it comes to the source of hope, let me, let me suggest also that Jesus is an incomparable source. No one loves us like Jesus. No one cares for us like Jesus. No one can help us like Jesus. Psalm 94, verse 17 through 19 says, Unless the Lord, unless the Lord had helped me, I, I would soon have settled in the silence of the grave. But I cried out, I am slipping, I am slipping. Oh, but your unfailing love, O oh Lord, supported me. He goes on to say, When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and And the psalmist said in Psalm 34, verse 18 and 19, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue every time. Oh, I just believe this morning somebody, somebody is here today whose spirit is crushed. It's devastated. It is broken. Hope has literally died in your soul. You're one of a host of people that have been labeled the walking wounded. Oh, if this describes you today, it is no coincidence that you are here today. I believe someone is listening through live streaming today who needs to hear this word. And the word is Jesus is your source of hope. He is in the business of resurrecting hope. First thing I see in our our scripture for today, we see the, the source of hope. Mary and Martha knew who their source was. They knew who to turn to in their time of need. Second thing we can see in our scripture for today is, and we see, we see the shattering of hope. The shattering of hope. Verse 17, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. The hope that Mary and Martha had for the healing of their brother had been shattered and was four days old by the time Jesus showed up. I want to pause here for a moment and tell you something about Jesus. Jesus will show up. Jesus will show up, but seldom in the time frame we want him to. He will show up when he wants to show up, and he will show up in his time and not ours. 
He will work when he wants to work. And he will work in the way he wants to work. And none of our little faith formulas or cleverly devised positive confessions will twist his arm and strong arm him into doing things our way and in our time. The good news is he knows what he's doing. Again, Paul, Mary, and Martha, they just could see the snapshot. But Jesus doesn't see the snapshot. He sees the big picture. All you can see today is a little snapshot. That that you could see with the natural eye. But let me tell you that there's a world that is active that is much more active than even this physical world. It is the spiritual world. God is always at work in our life. Even when we cannot see him. Even when we cannot feel him. Even when we don't see any difference in the results. God is still at work. He always shows up. God knows what he's doing and everything he does has a purpose. A godly purpose, a divine purpose, an eternal purpose. Let me just suggest three things about the shattering of hope this morning. First, let me suggest hope will be tested for its endurance. Look at verse 5, 6, and 17. The Bible says, so although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was. Say, he stayed where he was. was. Say it with a little bit of contempt. He stayed where he was. was. Although Jesus loved Martha, loved Mary, loved Lazarus, he stayed where he was for two more days. See, see, it's not hard to keep hope alive for a little while. As long as the situation seems fixable, as long as things don't take a turn for the worse, as long as there is still breath in the body, as long as there's still life in the situation. But verse number 17 says, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Notice the second thing about the shattering of hope, and that is hope will be tempted to give up. Tempted to give up. Verse 18 and 19, Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. Notice, in their loss. To them, it's all over. Now, how long Mary and Martha held on to hope is not recorded in Scripture. No doubt their hope would rise and fall as their emotions would ebb and flow. Will he get here in time? No doubt they wondered, where is he anyway? He's had more than enough time to get here. The message we sent him was marked urgent. It was marked critical. It was marked life-threatening. Where is he? Maybe you're here today and your hope has been shattered. Oh, there was a time when your hopes were high, your faith was off the charts, but time, time, oh, the negative effects that time can produce. 
All of us at some point in time have, ha- have been tempted to give up hope. You say, surely not you, Pastor. I said, everyone. I said, everyone. I remember a time in my life many years ago now when I was tempted to let go of the rope of hope. I had made a foolish decision. I had let go of something that was very dear and very special to me. And it affected every part of my life. And for a time, I was miserable. Over time, I began to wonder if life would ever be the same for me again. I knocked on door after door after door. And every door I knocked on, I got to the very edge of the door. And at the last minute, the door shut in my face. Hope was diminishing daily. What I didn't realize was that God shut those doors so I would be available when the right door opened. And I can tell you eventually it did. And just like he did with Job, in time, God gave me twice what I had before. I would encourage somebody here this morning, don't give in to the temptation to give up. No matter how it feels, no matter how it looks, no matter how it sounds. Oh, the truth of the matter is sometimes, sometimes hope will be temporarily lost. It happened to Mary, it happened to Martha. Verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, if you'd have just gotten here, my brother would not have died. It happened to Mary. She said to Jesus, if you'd only been here earlier, my brother, he wouldn't be lying in a tomb. See, the hope they initially had that was revealed in the message they sent Jesus was now lost. The hope that they once had has now been shattered. That's the bad news. The good news is shattered hope can be restored. Hope that has died can be resurrected. And I want to talk a few moments about the third thing that I see in our scripture for today. And I want to talk about the strategy of resurrecting hope. The strategy of resurrecting hope. In this story of the resurrection of Lazarus, I see three keys of resurrecting hope. I tell you this morning that if your hope has died, I believe the three things Jesus did in the raising of Lazarus from the dead. I believe that if you will do the three things that Jesus did, I believe that you, that your dead hope can be resurrected. I'm believing God today for resurrected hope. Are you ready for the strategy this morning? The strategy of resurrecting all three things. First of all, you have to open up what you have closed. Yeah, if hope is going to be restored, if hope is going to resurrect in 
your soul today. You're going to have to open up what you have closed. Verse 38 and 39, when Jesus arrived at the tomb, a stone had been rolled across the entrance. Roll the stone away, Jesus said to them. Lazarus had died. So they placed him in a tomb and they rolled a boulder in front of the entrance. Case closed. This describes someone here today. Hope has died in your heart and you have given it a decent burial. You have locked it away. You have sealed it up. You have laid it to rest. Today, Jesus says, roll away the stone. Open up your heart. In order for you to experience resurrected hope, you're going to have to open up what you have closed. Your Lazarus cannot come out as long as he is sealed up and locked away. I'm talking about the strategy of resurrecting hope right now. The first part of the strategy is you're going to have to open up what you have closed. The question is this morning, are you willing to do that? Jesus said, roll away the stone. Martha said, but Lord, he's been dead for four days. Lord, he's begun to decay. Lord, there will be a horrendous smell if we open up the tomb. Maybe you think this morning, my dream has been dead for years. My hope has decayed. It would be stinky, literally stinky to open up my heart to it again. The only way that dead hope can be resurrected is if you are willing to open up what you have closed. So good. So good. The second part of the strategy is you're going to have to speak to what is dead. Verse 43, when then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. Proverbs 18 and 21 tells us that the tongue has the power of life and death. Now, I know people take this too far, and I know people have misrepresented this scripture, but it's still true. There is power in the tongue. Power to build up or tear down. Power to encourage or discourage. Power to resurrect from the dead or power to keep the dead dead. See, I want you to notice that death was defeated and life was restored to Lazarus through the power of the words of Jesus. I suggest today that if life is going to come back into your dead hope, if your dead hope is going to be resurrected, it's going to require you speaking to what is dead and commanding it to return to life. But here's where a lot of people get off base, at least in my opinion, in this theology. And this is, listen to what I have to say. Speak in the authority of God's word, not your word. 
People say, I can have whatever I say. No, you can have whatever the word says you can have. Can't have, I can't speak into existence anything that I want. I can speak into existence anything God wants me to have. I can speak into existence anything the Bible says, the word of God says, I have a right to. Big difference. Big difference. So I encourage you today to declare over your life what God's word declares. Don't declare what you want to declare. Declare over your life what God's word declares. Talk about how it's going to happen, not all the reasons why it can't. third part of the strategy is you have to release what you abound. Verse 44, and Lazarus came out of the tomb, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a, in a headcloth. Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him go. See, what we need to understand is that Jesus will only do so much. He'll only do what we can't. Amen? He got Lazarus out of the tomb. He got breath back into his lifeless body, but he did not unwrap the grave clothes. The same people that wrapped him up are the same people that were going to have to unwrap him. I believe this morning Jesus is going to resurrect some hope in here. Oh, Jesus is going, is going to breathe life into some dead hope today. Amen. But those who have entombed their hope, those that have allowed their hope to die and have buried their hope deep inside of their heart and have rolled a cold stone over the entrance and posted a sign that says, case closed. Oh, but the good news is today, and that is the case is never closed with Jesus. We may close the case. We may seal up the tomb. We may give up hope, but as long as Jesus is involved, amen, there is always time, there is always a place, amen, to believe for resurrected hope. The case is never closed with Jesus. He, he might not show up when you want him to. Most of the time he doesn't. Oh, he may not do the thing. He may not do things the way that you want him to. Most of the time he doesn't. But let me tell you this morning, not even death is final to Jesus because Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Amen. Jesus said, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And you're here this morning and hope has died in your soul. I'm here to tell you that the resurrected Lord is here today. And I believe that the same as he resurrected Lazarus from the dead. I believe he's going to resurrect the hope. Hope is going to come alive in your heart. Amen. If you'll Open up your heart this morning. If you'll give God a chance this morning, hope is going to be resurrected. He's going to give you a hope where you've been hopeless. Give him a shout of praise in his house today. He says, roll away the stone. Roll away the stone. And if you'll roll away the stone, Jesus will say, Lazarus, come out of there. 
But I'm telling you, even though you roll away the stone, or even though Jesus will say, roll away the stone, and even though Jesus will say, Lazarus, come forth, he's going to tell you, unwrap him. Once hope becomes alive again in your heart, don't leave hope wrapped up, unwrap it. Yeah, Lazarus got out of the tomb, but he's barely breathing because he's wrapped up. He's maybe suffocating. If they don't unwrap him, he's liable to die again. How many know what I'm talking about? Only, only when they unwrapped him, only then could he fully function. Listen, hope is going to come alive to you this morning. But only if you will embrace that hope. And if only you will unwrap that hope. And if only you'll turn that loose, that hope loose in your life. Only then will hope have its full effect. Man, I've missed my preaching. Amen. I'm sorry. I've been saying that all week. Amen. Strategy of resurrecting hope. You have to open up what you've closed. You have to speak to what is dead. And you have to release what you have bound. If I get some help on the platform this morning, please. Our takeaway today is what I began with this morning. Hope is to the soul what blood is to the body. Father, I just pray that you'll take this word today. God, not my sermon today, but God, your powerful, supernatural, life-changing word. Oh, Holy Spirit, do work that needs to be done in this house today. In Jesus' name.